All right, we got some sound here. Okay, this is episode eight of uh, Faith Doesn't Have to Be Blind. Staying Undecided, Skeptic Video. Anjali Kumar set out on a mission to find God. Along the way, she encountered a lot of interesting and unusual religions. At the end of her journey, she admits that she did not find God, but she did discover a heartwarming message to share with others. We're all the same. Some people claim that Christianity is objectively false, while others claim that it is just subjectively true. Both views are wrong. Christianity, as it is presented in the Bible, is objectively true. Of course, virtually every religion in the world also claims that their religion is objectively true. So who is right? It's not an easy question to answer, but apologetics can help. Good. Keep in mind that there are a number of things that apologetics should not be about. It should not be about accepting biased arguments just because they give you the conclusion that you want. It also should not be about simply trying to win an argument or trying to show people how smart you are or anything like that. In the Bible, in 1 Peter 3.15, it says that Christians should always be ready to give a reason for their hope in Jesus, but to do so with gentleness and respect. We also need to be careful about having realistic expectations. We can show that there are good reasons to put your faith in Jesus. And this is where I should be interrupted as I speak. Well, that's just it. Although there are good reasons, Christianity is not something that you can prove in such a way that everyone will feel absolutely compelled to believe. But remember what Dr. Sean Carroll said in a previous episode. Strictly speaking, not even scientists can absolutely prove their theories beyond any doubt whatsoever. If someone doesn't want to believe, then nothing will convince them. But we can still make a compelling case, which the Holy Spirit can use to convict people of their sin and their need for salvation. It's important to remember that it's ultimately the Holy Spirit that convicts people, and never our ingenuity or ability to debate or anything of that sort. Lots of people have never heard of apologetics, but almost everyone has spent at least some time thinking about life's ultimate questions. These are questions like, what is ultimate reality? Where did we all come from? What is the problem with the world? And what is the solution? What is the purpose of our existence? And what happens after we die? The religions of the world all give different answers to these questions. Okay, but here's another important thing to appreciate. The core beliefs of these religions contradict each other, so they can't all be right. They can all be wrong, but they can't all be right. The thing is, when people think about life's ultimate questions, lots of people have a hard time deciding who is right and who is wrong. 
even if they spent some time studying apologetics, they can still have a hard time deciding. So a lot of people just decide not to decide. These people don't see themselves as atheists or anything like that. They're not ready to say that any religion is wrong. They're just not ready to commit and say that any religion is right. And many times they just don't care. So these people often identify as nuns. No, not that type of nun. The nuns I'm referring to are those who, when filling out surveys asking about religion, they check off the box marked none, as in no religion. Oh, the nuns. Right. That's what Anjali Kumar realized she was. The thing that many in this group probably don't realize is that they're not actually neutral. They're not undecided. They have made a decision and they've shown that decision through the way they live their lives. And what their lives show is that they think all the religions of the world are false. I understand your reaction. Nuns don't see themselves as atheists or to be more technical as physicalists or naturalists. Many times they just don't care about religion. They often see themselves as spiritual and happy to affirm all religions. And a good number of them even think that some type of God exists. However, here's the kicker. If you think a religion is true, then your life will reflect that. If you think Buddhism is true, then you'll do what Buddhists do. If you don't do any of those things and don't even think you should do those things or don't even think you should learn about Buddhism to find out what you should do, then your life shows that you've rejected Buddhism. You might claim to be neutral, but you're not. You obviously don't think that Buddhism might be correct, that it might have the answers to life's ultimate questions. That's right. No one is neutral because everyone lives their life a particular way. And based on how you live your life, you show what you believe. There are some things in life you simply cannot be neutral or undecided about. For example, suppose someone asks you the following question. You have to give an answer to that type of question. No, there is an answer and you will have to give it. You simply cannot be neutral about someone asking for your hand in marriage. Yes, you could delay giving an answer for a period of time. In all fairness, you might not be prepared to give a simple yes or no answer right away. So you might say something like, I'm not sure, or I need time to think about it. But eventually you will have to give a yes or no answer because if you don't choose to marry someone and live with them as your spouse,
Yes, you could delay giving an answer. Yes, you could delay giving an answer for a period of time. In all fairness, you might not be prepared to give a simple yes or no answer right away. So you might say something like, I'm not sure, or I need time to think about it. But eventually you will have to give a yes or no answer because if you don't choose to marry someone and live with them as their spouse, then your answer is no. Your life will reflect what your answer is. If you just try to delay your whole life, then eventually it becomes clear that your answer is no. Even if you don't use the word no, your life shows that your answer is no. The same thing applies to you and the God of the Bible. The Christian God deserves your fullest love expressed as worship. Worship happens when we express God's supreme value and worth. It's reflected in many things we do every day, including when we give God our highest thanks, praise, and honor. That's what happens when we make Jesus the Savior and Lord of our lives. And frankly, you either live your life doing this or you don't. But there is no neutrality. That's good that she admits that. I agree that Anjali Kumar did not find God. But if Christianity is true and the God of the Bible is real, then that means she's failing to live her life for that which is most important. That's because the most important thing we can do in our lives is to love the most important being in all of existence. God is more important than anybody or anything else. And we will... That's because the most important thing we can do in our lives is to love the most important being in all of existence. God is more important than anybody or anything else. And when we fail to give him the worship he deserves, we're failing to live for that which is most important. You can't be neutral about that. You either live your life for the one true and living God or you don't. Well, it's a big deal because Jesus thought it's a big deal. He said the most important commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. No, God matters more. Just like human beings matter more than, say, dogs or rabbits, and dogs or rabbits matter more than, say, insects or worms, so God matters more than human beings, and he cares deeply about whether we treat him as he deserves. He's the most wonderful, fantastic being in all of existence, and he deserves to be treated as such. There's certainly more that could be said here, perhaps in a different lit series, but that's it in a nutshell. This is an issue that really matters. The stakes are high. If you claim to be a nun like Anjali Kumar, then your life shows that you've decided the Christian God does not exist. Either that or you've decided to reject the most important thing in life. But if that's your decision, then I encourage you to consider, have you really made the right choice? Is that really where the evidence points? Is that what's really true? In this episode, we looked at the story of Anjali Kumar and her quest to find God. Kumar says that in the end, she didn't find God, but she did discover that she was a nun. 
That is, she's part of a demographic group that is not affiliated with any religion. And she ends her presentation on a heartwarming note. It's great to try and bring people together and point to those things which we all share. It's good to promote harmony in the world. But if Christianity is true, then living our lives for God is more important than that. It's actually much more important. It's more important than anything else. And that's not something we can be neutral about. In our next episode, we're going to look at the relationship between faith and reason. More specifically, if we have good evidence for Christianity being true, then why do we need faith?